Praise the Lord. Excellent. Good stuff. <laughs> cool, we'll get our Bibles out. Guess what we're talking about today? <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I want to talk about patience today and um, hopefully not having to get you to exercise too much of it <laughs> during, what we're, during what we're talking about. But uh, it's just such uh, a real key to uh, enduring in the Lord. And the word patience itself does mean to be steadfast. It does mean to endure. Um, and it's also very, very closely associated with, with hope. And uh, we're going to see today just a couple of examples of, or one example of, of someone who was particularly patient. But I guess, you know, the Bible is not um, short on people who were, who were patient. Joseph, 13 years he spent in prison waiting, waiting for um, the Lord to reveal his plan in his life. And he was faithful. Uh, Abraham. You know, I guess in whichever promise you you want to you want to think about that he was given, he had to wait a long time for that, and uh, the list just goes on. And I want to talk today, first of all, just a little bit about a guy named Joshua. So I'm going to we'll, we'll turn to Joshua, but just to, again as a bit of preamble to to the reason why I believe that patience is such a key to walking on in the Lord is that we live in a very impatient world. You know, today it's convenience stores 24-7, Kmart open to midnight every night, six-minute abs. I've got, I've got 12-minute abs. You know, advertising today, no wait times, 36 months interest fee. We were talking about that last night. drive throughs You know, we I remember when I was in Adelaide, there was an article in the paper about... One of the churches there, a well-known Pentecostal church, and they had a member there, the pastor was in there, and he he uh, was quoted as saying in there, and they have like a, a morning service, so people that want to get up early and just get it out of the way and then have the rest of their day, we, we service them. Then we've got one in mid-morning, so if you just, you know, you want to have a bit more of a lazy breakfast and come along and fit God in, then that's fine. And he said, we're the church that knows where to scratch. Now, I don't know if he realized that he was fulfilling scripture there in Timothy about, you know, having itching ears turning uh, to fables and those that would, would uh, I guess, make it convenient for them. But we live in an age today where church has become convenient and it's about time now. Okay, I can just slip a little bit of God in on a Sunday morning and I'm done. Sweet. And it's sad because we know he's the main course. We've got broadband now and we've got this speed and that speed and, you know, I can only think about in my life. I I can still remember, like if if anyone's seen the Muppets movie, you know when they get in the car and they got the eighties robot, you know, like the old dial up and all that sort of stuff. Like that was a reality, kids, for some of some of us. Tape drives and all that sort of stuff. We had to wait for like eight minutes for our game to load on the CPC four six four. Like it was just like now, you know, it's just we've got Q rage and road rage and haberdashery rage, like it's just out of control. And people are so impatient now. They want everything now. No one wants to work at something and then and uh, and then reap the rewards of that. And it's, well, not, not uh, gen- generally speaking. 
And it's interesting that just last week I thought, hey, maybe if I watch some really cool fitness videos, maybe something might rub off on me. So I watched this Fittest on Earth, and it was about um, uh, about the 2015 CrossFit Games. Now, these guys are complete freaks, but they work out three times a day every single day for 365 days. And, and they do not miss a day. Even if they're injured, they train and they train and they train. And the stuff they do is just out of this world. And I guess in terms of human feats, like, it's the pinnacle, I guess. It's, it, it, it really is. But um, these guys actually put in massive amounts of work to then try and pull off this one, this one event. And it's really interesting because you see some of them, they get there. And they've waited this whole time, 365 days, to get to this thing. And they've trained every day, and they've gone super hard. And then in one event that they did, it's called the Murph. You can look that up, what that is up, and you, that, that's a killer, this thing. Anyway, they did this thing, and they all went out too fast. They were impatient. And for some of them that were the favorites, it ruined the entire games for them. They never recovered from it. Goes for five days, never recovered from this one event. And it was like they'd built up this, they're so impatient now, they'd got, they'd held off and held off and held off and been really patient for 365 days and made heaps of sacrifices. And in this one moment, they were impetuous. They, let's go, and they went too hard and they just ruined themselves for the whole event. And they were crying in tears and you really felt for them because they'd invested their entire lives in this. And I couldn't help but watch this and think, you know, the scriptures tell us when Jesus Christ returns, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be some who have run a race and got up every morning and done all the right things and all that sort of stuff. And right at the end, they got impatient on something and then the Lord returns and it's ruined them, not just for a five-day event of CrossFit, but for eternity. And I just thought, wow. I do not want to be the one who becomes impatient with the Lord and kind of miss out. And I guess it just impressed upon me the importance of patience, of being patient. And I guess um, there, is a, there is a natural definition of that. I said before, being steadfast, enduring um, under any circumstance. But there's, there's a biblical definition for patience as well. And that is, it, it's, it becomes true patience in your life is a reality that God's got it that you completely trust him in that moment, that it's in his timing and he's going to deal with it. And for those of us who have experienced that true patience, it is, it's a lifesaver, you know, to rest in that. It's fantastic. But I want to read a little bit about this guy here, Joshua. Um, I'm going to look a little bit about him. I'm just going to read a few verses here, and then we're going to talk a little bit about him. So in Joshua 1 and verse 5, I just want to read a few verses here. It says, there shall not, this is the Lord kind of talking to him here. He says, um, Moses had, had just passed away. So we know that Ma Moses, if you want to talk about someone who was impatient, you've got Moses. He was commanded to do something by the Lord, to speak to the rock and water would come out. But he whacked it instead and he got a bit angry. And the Lord said, sorry, because you did that, because you were impatient at that time, you're not going to enter into the promised land. And that's a bit harsh. But our God's a righteous judge, and he knows what he's doing, and that's the call that he made. Um, and so that's, that's the way the game's played. So that's the way it is. And then Joshua is raised up then to lead these people in. Now, well, let's just read what, what the Lord says to him. It says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, 
nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that you might observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand, nor to the left, that you might prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, and you shall meditate therein day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For when you shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. And we read this, and this is really, uh, I guess, it's a massive team talk for us, isn't it? It's a half-time talk. The Lord is with you. He's not going to leave you. Wait on him. Be patient. I've called you, and nothing's going to be able to stand against you. I mean, these words you can read for yourself. This is the way the Lord feels about us. And it sort of says, it gives us a few secrets here. It talks about waiting on him, and it talks about doing what he's asked us to do, to being about what he has asked us to do, and to keep close to us his laws and his statutes. And we know now through the Holy Spirit, those things are written on our heart, and uh, they're very close to us. And that we might meditate upon those things, that we might really give some, some, some energy to it, if you like, that it might really be something that we truly do hold on to. And he's saying, and you will have success. And for us sitting right here, our success is not in this world. It's not pinned down to us winning the CrossFit Games or making a certain amount of money or it's not even being able to provide the best education for your kids. That's not success that God is talking about. Those are all reasonably good things and that's, that's fine, but that's not the big picture the success that God is talking about is that we rise to meet him in the air. That's when we have made it and we've finished the race. And we'll, we'll read that later on. So let's think about Joshua for a bit. Because you know, oh yeah, Joshua, yeah, no, he was just really strong and he was a really good looking guy and he was good at music and sport and, and he was smart and he's got a university degree and he's this and he's that and he's, you, we might just read and, oh, he was just one of those lucky few. But this was a guy who'd actually just been really, really patient on the Lord. Now, if you know his story, uh, Joseph was a man who was brought up in Egypt. He was in bondage. 400 years his ancestors had been in Egypt in bondage. So he was a slave. So that's what he would have known. And that's what he would have expected in his life. He was almost 45 years of age when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. 45. The Bible refers to that as a young man. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we know in Numbers 13 most of us are very familiar that Joshua and Caleb had the opportunity to have a sneak peek of what the promised land was and they came back with a glowing report and said this place is the best and we can do it guys and then the rest of the team said you've got to be kidding 
we can't wait, we, you know, and they just, they just lost, they lost it. And then for 40 years after that, they wandered around with all the whingers. <laughs> Imagine that, 40 years. Oh, we can't do it. We can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, God's not with us. Let's follow that cloud, that miraculous cloud, and eat the manna and do all these miracles. But God's not with us. He followed those guys around for 40 years, and you don't read of him going, Ah, oh, you guys, I can't believe I've got to put up with you. He was patient. So at the age of around about 40, sorry, 87-ish, he enters into the promised land. 40 years he had to wait for this promise that was made to him by God that he would enter in. Now, I don't, I, I don't think he was the type of guy, from what I read, that he was sitting there with a pen waiting for all the old guys just to fall off the perch. He was probably working with these guys and trying to help their unbelief. He was doing something about his patience. It talks about uh, Joshua, for those that know his, um, his situation, he was actually on the mount when the law was delivered to Moses, it says that he went up with with Moses and he was kind of his attaché, his his you know his executive assistant, and he was there listening to those things. The Bible also says that Joshua was a man filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what it says. So he was this guy who was patient, and he kept the law of the Lord close to him, and ultimately he was an overcomer. He never wavered. You'd never hear him waver. It's, it's amazing when you look. Joshua marched around that place seven times, and then on the last day, seven times on that last day, and then blow your trumpets and the walls are going to come down. Yep, no worries, Lord, got it. Boom. Off he went. You're just thinking, man, this guy is rock solid. He displays, I believe, the qualities that the Lord has given us when we receive the Holy Spirit. And when we allow the Spirit to work in our life, these are the qualities that we display. Joshua in the Hebrew is actually Yeshua or Jesus. It's the same name. He's a type of Jesus Christ who was also patient with us and with, I guess, our ancestors, if you like, those that walked the earth when Jesus was there. He's pretty patient with those guys. He got a bit flustered sometimes, but he was pretty patient with them. So we've got this example of Joshua who went on to fulfill the Lord's will in his life and he entered the promised land and that is our goal our goal is to endure the scoffing and the mocking and the moaners and the complainers and those that are impatient and to be strong and of good courage and enter into the promised land that is the success that is what we have underlined in our life as success whatever comes against us whatever life kind of throws at us you know our our success is built on wanting to make it with the Lord when he returns. Let's turn to Luke chapter 21. Um... There's a lot going on here, and it's talking about the last days. 
and it talks about a bit of persecution and things and things coming against us. And in verse 14, it talks about in the midst of us being persecuted and, and, and taking on the winches and the moaners, I, I, I guess you could say, in the context of, of the Joshua story. In verse 14, Jesus says this. He says, Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall answer. So he's saying, trust me to be with you at the time that you are recalled or, or are called to give to get, or an answer is required of yourself. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Now, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, and I've heard your testimonies and things, we've been in situations where we didn't really know if we had the words, and the Lord has given us the words to say in situations, and we've thought, where did that wisdom come from? And that's the Lord being with us. That's us. That's actually a manifestation, if you like, of patience active in our life that we've waited on the Lord and he's delivered. Because that's the biblical definition of that, is that if we wait and trust on the Lord and we're patient in him and in his timing, he will actually work the miracle in our life. And it says um, in verse 16, And you shall be betrayed both by parents and your brothers and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. This is a wonderful example of what we could easily say is of the times of the martyrs. That's a nice, easy, easy one for us to put in there. And we know that there have been spirit-filled brothers and sisters in Christ down through the ages who have stood up against uh, the establishment or the church at the time, and they've been put to death. But for us also, there's times where we've been betrayed, undermined by by those around us and those who are close. And it goes on and says, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Now, it's not painting a real flesh picture, is it? But these are the words of Jesus Christ. He's giving us this, this, this instruction and this encouragement that your success is not built on what other people say about you. At one point, Jesus actually said, They're actually not persecuting you. They're actually persecuting me. So it's all good. You just stand still. I'll, I'll deal with it. And, you know, there'll be times where we need to be patient. And this is probably maybe for many of us is maybe the extreme example of patience where we might be at the point where people have really done wrong by us and really caused us to maybe think about the position that we stand in. But then Jesus says something really cool here. He says, but there shall not an hair of your head perish. Now, that's a promise that he's made to us that we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear what people say or do against us because our patience is in the Lord. And then he makes this statement. In your patience, possess ye your souls. It's a really, really powerful, powerful statement. And what it means is, in your ability to put your whole undivided trust in God and his plan for you you're actually looking after your soul you're actually caring for your salvation and God will grant it to you and that's I guess the 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 cornerstone of patience is it's about us being successful when the Lord returns you might have some needs met you might have some not met who cares 
remember someone coming to me once and said, oh, yeah, uh, someone who had suffered or was suffering from leukemia and they and I got to meet them and said, oh, yeah, I've, I, uh, I, I had that when I was young and the Lord healed me. And um, I said, but the greatest miracle in my life is that I've got my salvation. Whether I was healed or I, I wasn't, my salvation is the most important. And I remember um, actually... Oh, this probably sounds bad. You can stop the recording now. Um, I had the brother and sister go, oh, why did you say that for? You know, they wanted hope in there. And I was thinking, wow, isn't that the greatest hope we can have? Is that no matter what comes against our natural body, what no, no matter what comes against our natural mind or in our natural circumstances, if we seem to be failing on this earth or not, we've got our salvation. Surely that is the greatest victory of all. And it really is, isn't it? No matter what happens on this earth, no matter, you know, some terrible, terrible, terrible things in a natural sense have happened to people in the Lord. The biggest disasters you can ever think of in life have happened to people who are spirit-filled. Does that mean the Lord's not faithful? Does that mean the Lord, you know, their patience was wasted in him? I don't believe it does. I believe in our patience possess ourselves, our own souls. And those people who have maybe suffered in those ways, and I guess the biggest tragedy we can really think of in life is death. That they'll rise to meet the Lord in the air. The victory is theirs. The Bible says comfort each other with those words. Why? Because it helps us to be patient. It helps us to recognize that our success lies in our ability to trust God more and more in our life. Wonderful statement from Jesus Christ. In your patience, possess ye your souls. Um, let's go to James chapter 1. So I hope you can see that patience is such a valuable commodity in the Lord. It's something to really, really cultivate in your life. I had got a little quote here. It's patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. It is the opposite of despondency and is also always associated with hope. We don't despond in the Lord. We we move on to the day that He returns for us. James one. A well-known passage here about patience. It says in James, a servant of God and of the Lord of Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Which is an interesting statement in itself. Um, for those that are interested in the scattering abroad of a great company of nations. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different kinds of temptations. Now that's a weird, weird thing to say, is it not? Count it, be happy, and count it joy when things are going bad. It's just the complete opposite to what our natural minds want to do. When things go bad, we just want to go, woe is me, everyone's against me, everything's not right. But, the Lord, but James is saying, hey guys, count it joy, and I'll tell you why. He said, knowing this. That the trying of your faith works this patience, this ability to trust God in the face of adversity. 
but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That is a statement and half of full cream dairy milk, isn't it? That, that is just a quality statement. I love it how it refers to patience as a her. It's sweet. You know, it sort of, to me, it makes me feel like, yeah, my wife's perfect. <laughs> you could, is that recording? <laughs> You know, it's 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 kind of endearing it to us, isn't it? It's like this really beautiful thing. You know, when you think of, okay, I'll be general here. And in the Bible, it's pretty much a, it's, it's a way, when it talks about a woman, it's it's talking about beauty. It's talking about, and women are beautiful, aren't they? Particularly the one that you're married to, hopefully. <laughs> oh no, I'm in trouble. But that's the way it's kind of, and 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 it's saying here that patience is a beautiful thing. Like it just it works something awesome in your life. It's something to aspire to and look after, you know. And it also, you know, when we when we look at uh, Proverbs thirty one and we see what a virtuous woman is, it talks about some someone or a being or an entity that cares for in the in Proverbs thirty one cares for her husband and cares for her family and her household. And she has a great love for that. And she displays that in so many different ways. And you can read all the cool ways that is. And that's such a wonderful thing. And so when we apply those same things to patience, patience is this thing that wants to take care of you, that wants to to look after you and nurture you, that you might be perfect wanting nothing. It's there as one of the greatest supports that we have. And I love how it talks about patience as a her, as a beautiful woman that looks after what is hers. And that's what patience does for us. So that we might be perfect. We know the word means complete. We're not lacking anything. We're not missing anything. And entire, wanting nothing. You know, we, we all have wants. We all have things in our life. When you leave, when I finally let you go, you'll be going, oh, I'm hungry, I want, I want food. Like it's just a natural thing. We just consumed with this desire for more things. None of us can escape that. But when things get really tough, we can draw on the Spirit of God and it can give us this completeness where we don't need anything else. I'm completely, completely content in my situation. And there is a freedom in that that the world never comes close to. Um, let's go to Romans chapter 5. Uh, Romans 5. Romans 5. Oh, here, I mean, this is great. We know this one really well. Romans 5, um, verse 3, and it says, oh, maybe in verse uh, 2, by whom we also have access by Father into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works what? A reliance on God. 
That's what it does. That's why we can count it all joy when we fall into temptations because we know that it's, it's helping to refine us in our approach with the Lord. Knowing that tribulation with patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope makes us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So uh, patience is, is the key. Uh, Romans 12. Wonderful chapter. A lot of really, really good instruction for 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 all of us. And it says here in verse twelve it says rejoicing in hope. When we've got when we are in a position where things are against us or Perhaps it's a sickness or, or a real need that we're thinking, whoa, you know, you're hearing people's testimonies. I never thought this would come upon me. The Bible tells us to rejoice in hope that God is with us, that he won't forsake us, he won't leave us, and it's in his timing and in his hands. Rejoice in that hope that we have. Patient in tribulation. Knowing what it works in us. Continuing instant in prayer. And that's what helps and builds up that patience in us, is the exercising of the Holy Spirit that God has placed within us. Prayer. If you never activate the Holy Ghost in your situation, you know, you hear it all the time. It's like having the Ferrari in your garage and you're riding your bike to work. It's just, what's the point? You got this untapped potential in your life. It's, you know, this, and you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out in the in the word. It's saying prayer is the key. The best wireless connection you can ever have is prayer, straight to the Father. And it does all these wonderful things about it. In Romans 8, it makes intercession for us. It searches our heart and actually tells God what we really, truly are fearful of, what we truly need hope and patience in our circumstance about. It's awesome. Sometimes I call it the lazy man's gospel because, you know, this Holy Ghost does all the work. (laughs) It's awesome. Sit back, relax, enjoy your salvation and pray. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Bring the prayer in. Okay, uh, Hebrews. Hebrews 12 is where we want to head. Just winding up now. Hebrews 12. Let's read this. It says... Wherefore, seeing we are, uh, also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, and now this is referring to the previous chapter, which talking as we, you know, we like to call it the great chapter of faith. It's talking about all of our brothers and sisters in the Lord who activated these things at a time where the Holy Ghost wasn't poured out into their life as it is now. And because we've got such great examples, this is saying, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which so easily besets us. So it's saying these guys were a really good example to us and now we must follow their example and we must remove the weights that weigh us down. We must not allow ourselves to be entangled again with the things that held us in bondage. And the sin, and we know sin by interpretation means separation from God. So it's saying don't isolate yourself from this hope and from the source of that hope, which is Jesus Christ through the Holy Ghost, access to the Father, all three are one and the same. It's awesome. Keep close to the Lord as these people did. And let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. We've got some runners in the room. Some of them very good. Some of us not so good. If you go out too hard too early, what happens? Sometimes you don't make the end. Or you're well below your PB. (laughs) Or in my case, you might still be ahead of your PB because it's still pretty low. But, you know, let us run with, with, with this patience that we just keep going. We keep going. We keep trusting in God. We recognize that we can't see through round corners, but God can, and he will take care of those things, and we just run at a pace. So many times, I guess, for me and my walk in the Lord, I've seen people just, in the Lord. And then normally, at some stage, you're kind of having to pick them up again. <laughs> okay, pick up. Let's go again. Okay, dude, you've got to learn that this is, this is, this is not a sprint. This is an endurance race. And you've got to just keep every day, every day doing, putting yourself uh, and making good habits for you to, 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 uh, to last the long game, to endure to the end. Because we know we're not silly. We know that life will throw us some curveballs. Generally, life's pretty good. You know, we've got our kids got up today and gave these testimonies and they're saying, oh, your life's pretty awesome. Thank the Lord for the life that I've got because it's fantastic. And that's great. Awesome. But life happens to us all. Rains on the just and the unjust. And we have a greater hope. We have a greater hope when things don't go our way. And it's awesome. Goes on and says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's where our, that's where our patience is focused. For who, uh, sorry, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set set down on the right hand of the throne of God. It's a wonderful example there of Jesus Christ, that he's the ultimate example, that he endured pains and tribulation that we could only dream about. And now he's sitting on the right hand of God. His patience towards mankind has been rewarded. And that's the same for us. If we are patient, if we're waiting on God, putting our full trust in Him, then we will one day sit on the right hand of God with Jesus Christ, who's gone before us. That's the promise. For consider Him that endured such a contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. 
and you have forgotten the exhortation or the encouragement which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For him the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with his sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? And I guess it just adds there a little bit of extra flavor as, yeah, sometimes the Lord's actually going to work in your life in a way to remove some things that maybe you've forgotten to remove or maybe you're not able to. He's going to deal with that and it might be tough. But as you know, as my mum and dad always used to say to me, this is going to hurt you. Oh, actually, this is going to hurt me more than you. You know, the Lord is working with us and chastening us and disciplining us that we might grow. And that is part of our patience is accepting that as well. It's not arcing up against mum and dad and going, what? You don't know what you, you don't know anything. No, I remember saying that to my mum and dad. What do you know? Whack. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, you know that. <laughs> You know, and that chastening sets us in a really great space, and that's what God does with us. And He's saying, "Don't, don't forget that. That's part of it as well. Pace yourself. Pace yourself." Okay, let's turn. Let's finish in Isaiah forty. We all know where I'm going. Isaiah forty, and while we're there, I've, I've got a couple of things just to to quote. James 5, 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. That's a relevant scripture. The Lord is coming back. Don't fizzle out. Keep the zeal. Keep it in check. Keep your prayer life topped up. Keep the law and God's statutes close to your heart. And do it. Do them. And you'll meet him when he comes back. Uh, What does that one say? You know, you, you start trawling through the Psalms and it's wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. I waited on the Lord and he heard me and he pulled me out of the miry clay. And it's just this whole book on being patient. And waiting on the Lord. And this here, just to finish, this kind of really sums it up. 40 in verse 28, it says, Hast thou not known... Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? You can tell that to yourself when you think, where's the Lord in this situation? How come he hasn't answered me? Don't you know he's the creator of heaven and earth? His timing is perfect. His answer is perfect. We know that. Let's wait on him. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. 
Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young shall utterly fail in the natural. Youth isn't all it's cracked up to be. I can say that now. Really, again, like we talked on Wednesday night, it's using a little bit of poetry here, if you like, to say even the youth, even those that you think that have got the endurance and will be able and are strong enough and able to handle it, even those, those are going to fail in life. And then we'll finish with this in verse 31. But they that wait or are patient upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount, mount up with, ing, with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. This is a promise made to you. To not give up. To be strong and of a good courage. To recognize where your help comes from and placed all your trust in that. And again, there's a bit of poetry in here. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. The Lord will give you the ability to rise above the issues and the tribulations and the circumstances in your life, like an eagle does. You ever seen them kind of cruising around? In New Zealand, you probably call them hawks. Although we used to have a big eagle, eh? Where's Cam? Hast eagle, that's the one. You know, and they and they just, woo, they're just cruising over, over the mountains and the troubles that are below them. And that's what the Lord's saying. He can lift you above these things. That even though things might just be in turmoil in your daily life or even in your heart or your mind, the Lord can cause you just to rise above it. You'll be able to do things you never thought you were able to do. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and you won't get tired. You'll be able to endure. It's a wonderful promise that the Spirit-filled church has been given and the Lord has placed the strength within us through the Holy Ghost. Let's just finish here in James 5, 8. Don't turn there. It says, Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. The Lord is coming back. Be patient, folks. He knows your needs and he will deliver. Amen. Amen.